0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Midgar Minute podcast. Yo, yo! What's going on? My name is Chris, as you know, and as always, my good old friend Nicholas over here. What's going on, gang? We're, uh... Man, we we just got off a hot discussion of this game, because there's so much good stuff to talk about. But today... Uh, we're gonna be talking about, uh, much like our last episode, oh no, two episodes ago actually, was our deep dive into the second chapter. This today, we're going to be going into the third chapter of the game, which is honestly, I think, when the game it, it proper starts, right? And it's sort of like the, you know, the first two chapters were sort of like a tutorial, and like this is, this is when the game truly shows you everything pretty much that you're gonna be doing for the rest of. <laughs> uh the time you're playing the game
1: yeah it, it it serves itself as a really good vehicle to not only introduce more characters and more settings but there's also a lot of gameplay introduction um we're introduced to side quests in this chapter so you're right on the money when you say this is the chapter to that let us know what kind of game this was gonna be
0: yeah and kind of like how the last chapter was sort of the uh the thing that was kind of setting the tone for like the emotional and the story side of the of the game uh this chapter is more of like this is the gameplay side of things it's basically kind of just like the introduction to the gameplay side of the game and uh there's a lot of great story stuff that happens in here and a lot of cool character moments which we'll get into but um uh yeah i think this to me this chapter was um like when i first got off of the train uh, but when you, when you get back to the slums was like the, that was a, that was a real emotional moment for me. Cause I'm like, Oh shit, this game is real. <laughs> this game, this game yeah, is real and it's now. in
1: motion, you know? Yeah. And you're like, you're Fuck. back in the slums. We're in sector seven. We're about to meet Tifa. We're about to meet Marlene. You know, so much of the game is about to realize itself and being at the train station definitely built that up. You know, not yeah. to mention it wasn't the shortest walk back to Seventh Heaven. No, uh, and a I, couple I, things happened along the way.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that. That is that is the case, and I also like how they uh, kept those guards that were uh, guarding that fence in the original. Uh, that they are there in in this game as well, and they, and they Such also a great Easter egg. Yeah, and they also they come back later on uh, when you know all that stuff's going on in Sector Seven later on in the game which I also like the sort of reincorporation of those guys. Um, Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's that that initial first walk into Sector 7, uh, the slums, um, and you sort of, like, that was when I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, this game looks so good. And just so, like, the environments in this game, look, you, you see all the neon lights and all just, like, the hustle and bustle of people walking around, and you hearing everyone talking about what's what happened, and you know you see the guy, um, the guy that Barrett was uh, arguing with on the train, also lives in the Sector Seven slums, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting because it's like, you know, you you have this guy who's Shinra middle manager, but he's living in the slums, you know, with his family. Yeah,
1: you know, you would think he'd be one to rage against the machine, but he uh, he's complicit.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, yep. Yeah. You know, and and there are there's stuff that happens later on in the game uh, or well, I think in the next chapter, actually, where Jesse sort of goes into the sort of inner, you know, because like her family lives up on the plate and, you know, she's like, oh, you know, you you work, you work at the, the reactor and your family lives up here. And it's like, you know, all this stuff's going on and we don't know about it, you know, and it's it's interesting to see. Uh, one thing this game does very well, I think, is sort of create that juxtaposition between the plate life and the slum life, and um, you know, it's, and how the characters in that world are sort of like aware of that, and it's it's like part of the, um, you know, it's something that gets brought up pretty frequently. You know, yeah,
1: it's no it's no illusion in Midgar. There are two sects of society. You're either under the plate or you're on top of the plate. Right, I mean, it's and, not not the most subtle. And one side subtle. wants nothing to do with the other. Right, it's
0: not It's not the most subtle, Um, you know, sort of uh, parallel, but, you know, it's something very, very much like a class dynamic kind of like, you know, literal, literally the think... upper class and the lower class.
1: <laughs> it makes me think a little bit about Tale of Two Cities. You know yeah yeah um, okay that that kind of archetype is really playing out where there's you know there's sort of a sort of a class warfare going on, if anything, a culture class warfare, but yeah, it's very much present in midgar yeah
0: and 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 it it's not something that really gets touched upon all that much, but you know there seems to be like the general sort of contempt for the people living in the slums uh for the people that live up on the plate, and vice versa, you know that there's never like um
1: you know you don't really see it's not as simple as on the plate bad under the plate good or vice versa it's not that simple
0: no no it's definitely not and you know there's definitely uh you know i i it's going to be curious to see going on into the future and see because we're not going to go back i mean we'll go back to midgar but i don't know how much we're going to be touching upon all that sort of those kinds of politics i guess because i guess in the in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter, I guess. But, you know, in, in terms of like world building, I think it was what they did in this game uh, was good and was able to sort of create more of like, oh, this is, you know, this is an actual place kind of thing. Or it makes way, I you think, feel like it.
1: I think what's interesting, and, you know, we could start getting into the cutscenes a little bit from chapter three with this. When you were bringing up that the middle manager, you know, he lives in the slums. Like mm-hmm. he's a Midgar middle manager, but he's here living in the slums. Um, if you remember, on our way to Tifa's house, you kind of have that um, that I guess townsman, who's yeah, looking at who... the posters, and he sees the um, you know, I guess you'd say the pro environment poster on the on the bulletin, yeah. I think... And he gets mad, he tears it down. He's like, "Oh, these assholes!" I tear it down, and it's back up in an hour. Yeah, these these freaking eco activists. He says something along those lines, mm-hmm. where he seems to have contempt for people who don't think. Mako is the way society should be structured. I mean, yeah. there's a point where he says, "Look up at that steel plate. You're going to well, tell that's me that's not, not progress. progress." Yeah. You know.
0: And then yeah, um, Cloud has his little. He call, he calls Cloud a, a Mako junkie, right? Yeah. He's or like, something. "Oh, you're a Mako junkie, huh?" Yeah, because he had, Cloud has a little freak out moment there. Um, yeah. And but... then the
1: whispers show up, and they kind of be like, "Hey, buddy, let's 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 move it along. Yeah, move it governor, along right?
0: here. Come on. <laughs>
1: that's what we're here to see, Cloud. Come on." Um, <laughs> and, and I I'm then wondering. They
0: pull him in. Uh, just real quick, that that guy, I'm almost like 90% sure that that is the same guy um, as uh, that girl. What's the other little girl? Um, Betty? Betty. I I want to say that's her dad. Although, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure because I haven't gone back and looked, but I was rewatching that cutscene and being like, man, it looks very similar. And I don't know if that's just because some of the NPCs have similar faces, which could be the case.
1: But, uh, no, but that's something to look out for. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that's Betty's dead. But, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> All good. Go ahead. All good. But, you know, the, so the, you know, the whispers move us along, and then we end up where at least a location I know I was really looking forward to in the remake, something I really wanted to see. Uh, we made it to Seventh Heaven, and yep. right on cue, waiting for us outside, is Tifa and Marlene, and you see, you get to see, and I like this, you got to see Barrett be the loving and honestly doting father that he is mm-hmm. and you see how much marlene loves him and it shows you a different side of barrett that you know the first two chapters had hints that that side of him was there yeah but then when you see him turn into a complete teddy bear like it melts you bro yeah like man to man that shit melts you
0: it tells you it tells you everything you need to know about him you know and then you know you go into the bar and there is a moment where you can uh talk to everyone there and, uh, you can, t- you attempt to a- talk to Marlene and she runs away cause she's scared of you. And, uh, Barrett gets super defensive and you're like, oh shit. Uh, you know, and that's sort of like, uh, you know, a really good indicator of, uh, you know, Barrett's character and how, how protective he is of her. And like, oh, cause-, yeah. cause we've already seen the other side of him and how, how, uh, passionate he is about the planet and, you know, and all the other stuff going on there. But then oh, now you see the other I don't want to say the other half of his uh world. But you but, see what's you know.
1: under that. You know, right. the reason he cares so much about the planet, he obviously has many reasons to, but really what he's trying to do is he's trying to make sure there's a good world for Marlene to live in. Absolutely. You know, his motivations to save the planet are rooted in his love for Marlene.
0: Yeah. And uh I I also like uh if you continue to talk to him after that uh incident happens, he's like you know, when you want to talk to a kid, don't give him the professional killer eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let that be a lesson to you, and be like, "Oh, like it's like it's like yeah." He's he was upset about that, but then he's still like, you know, he, he doesn't kind of gets it. Yeah, he's, he's like a hey. jerk
1: reaction, you know.
0: Yeah, he's just like, you know, hey man. Dude, he's just... an
1: eco terrorist living in the slums, you know. <laughs> like, and, and and it's fu- he's gonna be abrasive.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny, you know, because the Cloud's relationship with children gets brought up surprisingly frequently throughout this game and not, you know, obviously not in a weird way, but like, um, you know, you deal with, you know, you deal with kids later on and, you know, clouds, you know, even though clouds is already very much like a no nonsense kind of guy, you know, he has like even less patience for kids, even though a lot of the kids in this game are uh, maybe a little bit too competent for their own good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, (laughs) definitely. But I guess, I guess out of necessity, uh yeah li- living under the plate yeah with a, a bunch um, but, of monsters I guess with, running around oh. oh yeah but going back to sector uh seventh heaven rather yeah um we have what i call the, our cupid's arrow moment um when oh. cloud gives the flower to tifa yeah to me to me it's like you could see that as Aerith playing the part of cupid and that flower is the arrow yeah because you know as they mentioned in the game tifa mentions it to you right when you give it to her i believe that's when this line is mentioned that you know, lovers give them to each other when they... Oh, no, Aerith says this. Aerith, that yeah, Aerith says them...
0: that when she first gives it to him, yeah.
1: Yeah, that lovers uh give these to each other when they're reunited. So yeah, you no. can see Aerith giving it to Cloud, almost as like Aerith giving it to Zack, and then Cloud passing it on to Tifa.
0: Yeah. Um, at... And
1: then we got Cloud, who's kind of caught in, caught in between right there. Yeah, um, and,
0: and T- Tifa's like... Um, uh, I, I believe she says something like, Oh, I haven't seen a, a live one of those in such a long time.
1: In years, well, she says yeah, in, in years. years. Yeah.
0: Which you know, I guess you know if you consider like the surroundings in which they're in, yeah, <laughs> I could yeah, see it would why make perfect sense. I could see why maybe you wouldn't see a lot of flowers, um, but yeah, I, I like that moment a lot, and you know we get a little um, a sort of a little nod, uh, you know, when Cloud says, uh, you know, when she's, you know, it's like, oh, you're, you're giving me a flower, like who are you, and he's like, oh, you know a guy a lot can change in 5 years and then Tifa's a little confused when he uh-huh. says that and he's like oh and then nothing i love how that's that occurs and nothing's ever it doesn't get brought up and it's like hey if you know you know
1: but it tr- yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's one of those if you know you know moments and what they're also doing for anyone who may not know it's just they laid down that first breadcrumb mm-hmm. you know they're laying down the trails of bread and which they you and know, thats our first one right there.
0: Yeah, and they spread—they spread those out pretty good throughout the the entirety of the game. Uh, yeah, especially I mean, there's there are scenes that happen later on that are like, if you don't know what this is referring to, it's kind of crazy. Like there, there there's a flashback that happens, that plays a few times. I think maybe like twice or something. That you're like, if you don't know if this is, if you don't know that that's a flashback to something, you know, and you see, you know, Tifa, I don't know, should I should I just talk about it? I, I mean, we've already talked about the entirety of the game. So, basically the 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 flashback scene where you see Tifa in her cowboy or cowgirl outfit, which I'm I'm so happy that they kept her in that outfit. It's um, so
1: campy, but you got to love it. It's
0: uh, it's so good. Um uh, but yeah, that whole, you know, that whole scene, you know, goes to the all the Nibelheim stuff, you know, that was when shit started going bad and sort of like was the sort of jumping off point for both of those characters almost uh and a bunch of all the bad shit that happens after that scene happens um and i yeah, no, i like that. how i like how they sort of you know they sort of touch upon that stuff but Tifa never really brings it up straight i mean she they do have a conversation like her and cloud do have a conversation like hey like where the fuck have you been all this time <laughs> you know and uh you know they kind of talk about it uh but i i like how they don't explicitly say you know everything well
1: a lot a big part of the original and obviously a big part of this game and its storytelling is the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and they're as you're alluding to they're definitely sticking to that here
0: yeah they de- and they're going even they go even harder which i guess you kind of have to because um Go harder, Square. You Do know, it. Considering, considering, you know, you leave this game leaving Midgar, and, like, the next thing that would happen technically is, like, you get your first oh, Sephiroth we're... flashback, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not in the original. He's not in... You don't hear anything about Sephiroth until you leave Midgar, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Right? No, it's the scene in Calm is really when you're... You know, you, he's there in the Shinra building when you get captured. Obviously, there's that trail of blood scene. Yeah. Um... But you don't really get the scoop on him until you get to Calm, which is most likely where this next game is going to begin. Yeah, I I would assume so. Yeah, me too. But going back to where we are in Chapter Three, uh, shortly after that scene, you know, you go into the scene with Barrett and Marlene, like you brought up, and then Tifa brings you to your new apartment. Yeah, so
0: she's your neighbor.
1: Yeah, and And this is one of those super hyped about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dude, this was one of those moments where I was like, oh, so this game really going to be different, huh? Yeah, it's like, oh, you, <laughs> you know? I have
0: a place to live. <laughs> like, yeah, right? I'm going to be spending and... time here, like, more than just a night, you know?
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, that's... And that... that's where we get to meet... Well, we get dropped off into the into the room. Tifa comes in, and again, we have another nice, genuine moment between Cloud and yes. Tifa. And that's what I love is, like, you know, the, the romantic... I don't want to say the romantic tension, but the romantic implications are in the air, and I think it's done very tastefully. It's not in your face, it's not cringy, it's not no, no. It's over very the top. It's very they're, subtle. They're talking and they're talking to each other like adults,
0: right? And and I like the fact that like you can tell, you know, even if you don't know that they have history, you can tell that there's something going on because they're very. You know, there's they, a lot of
1: chemistry. Yeah,
0: they're speaking in a way that w- implies that you know they 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 know each other pretty pretty well, and you know there's a lot of stuff that like oh they haven't seen each other in a while and there's a lot of stuff that they have to talk about. But Cloud is very much like anytime Tifa's like hey let's talk about something and then he's like no my money I want yeah. oh by the way that I, I I think a funny little tidbit about that is that Cloud was willing to blow up a mako reactor for 2000 gil <laughs> which is when you you well, know i mean
1: to his credit it's some level one shit for him
0: yeah i guess but like <laughs> at the same time like it's always funny to think of like you at uh, certain points of this game you find more than that in a chest <laughs> you know Yo, so true it's like you're go- <laughs> you're you're committing this eco-terrorism for the 2000 biggest terrorist gil
1: attack in like midgar history
0: which is like, you know, I mean, kills. and like, obviously, you know, it wasn't supposed to be as bad as it was, but, you know, even still the idea of like cloud being like, yeah, uh, I'll do it for two grand. It's just, I, I, mean, I dude, thought that's that was the
1: slum life, bro. That's yeah. living in the slums,
0: that, living that Merc life,
1: living that Merc life, <laughs> um, which I think is um, something, men- something worth mentioning about this chapter is like in every story, a mentor is introduced to our hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could be a mentor for different reasons. Tifa really, in this chapter, serves herself as the mentor in many right. ways. Obviously, she's not mentoring Cloud in anything combat related. No, but, but she's it's... the one who kind of explains how the merc life's gonna work. You know, you got to build your rep. Like you, you know how yeah how slum life
0: is. You know she how when, the slum life is. She's exactly. like, hey, you know the the what was it the the first uh, the first thing of living in some life is getting a good night's rest or whatever she said. Yeah, you know.
1: and then, you know, they have a nice little moment later in the chapter where Cloud goes, ah, eh, another lesson from under the plate. Yeah. You know, and there's a point where Cloud even calls her his his teacher. Um, yeah. So I kind of love that because really this story could have gone in any direction they wanted when it came to who's going to serve as Cloud's mentor in the beginning of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, But I thought Tifa was the perfect pick to yeah. get him acquainted with Sector 7 and the Slum Life, Merc Life, Seventh Heaven. It all kind of ran through her. Yeah, and, um, and
0: even with, uh, you know, late, a little bit later on when you're sort of, like, going around town with her, and she's, like, introducing you to, like, the item shop guy and, like, all these other uh, side characters, um, It that very much also feels like a, you know, because Cloud at this point is still very much... Uh, you know, closed up, you know, cold ice, He's ice in his practically, veins.
1: Practically a homunculus right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and like trying to having Tifa be there to be like the straight man, kind of like, hey, Cloud, lighten up a little bit, you know, kind of mm-hmm. was it was a nice little um, a nice like uh, dynamic between the two, you know?
1: Yep. But, you know, the the. um <laughs> The beautiful moments can't last forever, because shortly after we get dropped off at our apartment, we're woken up in the middle of the night by Sephiroth?
0: Yeah, by by, uh, a very very interesting sound that they decided to go with, like a groaning sort of like, you kind of think that it's like, at first I thought it was someone boning, but I'm like, they wouldn't do that. (laughs) And then... <laughs> and then uh yeah, then you uh you go over plot twist Sephiroth's boning Tifa. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh yeah, you go do that and um you know, you you go and you see you open up the door and it's just Sephiroth and you're like, what the fuck? And then Cloud freaks out and is I love the little detail that his the Buster Sword gets caught on the door jam and <laughs> like oh the, the sword's too fucking big, I can't swing it in here. <laughs> And, uh, yeah,
1: your, your biggest strength becoming your biggest weakness, just like that, yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then that happens, and then you find out that uh the guy, well, you have a little scuffle with him, and then he touches you, and then you have your first sort of glimpse into you know something, which you know they they're very like, oh, what's they're this' very and,
1: ambiguous, they're very ambiguous, and, you see one.
0: you're seeing a bunch of cloaked figures walking in this sort of like wastelandy kind of area muttering the Talking words about a reu- reunion. reunion, which upon watching that scene a second time, uh, I want to say, uh, and this might just be maybe like my ears playing tricks with me. It sounds a lot like Sephiroth's voice actor saying those words.
1: Well, it could be because it's worth noting if anyone didn't pick up on it, these numbered um, beaten down guys are Sephiroth clones. You know, yes, they're clones these... of Sephiroth. They've been injected with Genova cells. Which has led a lot of people to theorize and believe that's why Cloud keeps mistaking because this happens in a later chapter too. That's why Cloud keeps mistaking these clones for Sephiroth is because the Genova cells allow her to appear yeah. that and, way to and, Cloud.
0: And, yeah, sort of like uh, he like kind of picks up on you know their aura for lack of a better term, and sort of, he has the, they have the same aura as Sephiroth, and that would, you know, which would totally make sense that if he's around one of these guys and he sees them or, you know, senses them or whatever, that that would trigger in his head, like, oh, these guys remind me of Sephiroth, because they more or less are Sephiroth. They more or less
1: are him, exactly. And, you know, that's why in a later chapter, the Sephiroth that escaped Shinra Tower with Jenova was one of the clones. Right. You know, it was one of the hooded figures. I don't know if it was Marco. I don't remember the number on the arm, but it was one of them, Um, which is great because at the time, it kind of seems... A, I don't want to say it seems out of place, mm-hmm. but you're not sure why they're introducing that to you here. Chapter three, your first night staying, you're woken (laughs) up by this strange guy. Yeah. And then you learn it's a fucking Sephiroth clone and you learn that he was injected with the same shit by Dr. Hojo as you were. It's Mm -hmm. like, you're not far from what happened to him. Right. You could have been, you
0: could have been this. Yeah.
1: And as if that wasn't a nightmare enough, the sentient being that's living inside of both of you at a cellular level has the ability to control these things Mm -hmm. and actively fuck with you. So maybe some people are woken up in the middle of the night by a nightmare. Cloud literally is woken up in the middle of the night by what will be his nightmare of a Mm -hmm. reality. Yep. So I thought that was cool. I thought it was well done doing it in the middle of the night, made it creepy, made it scary. It's
0: it's a lot better than this guy are sick. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> which i i i it's funny because as a as, as soon as that happened i was like oh this is this guy our sick guy yeah. <laughs> this is like i knew exactly like who who that was supposed to be and like I'm like oh that's crazy yeah. um
1: this this was i thought was done very well
0: yeah absolutely and uh yeah so that happens and then you know everything kind of calms down after that and uh you you know you go back to sleep and then you wake up and then you are treated to uh the main theme of Final Fantasy VII. uh well like the or- orchestrated version of it
1: almost as if to say welcome well, to the game we've cut the leash
0: yes and it was very you know? m- very much like that hey and then that first when you open up the door outside and then you get to see under the plate during the daytime which by the way is like, that was another moment, too, where I just kind of, like, put the controller down and was just kind of, like, taking it all in and being like, this is fucking crazy. Well, I mean, you said
1: this. it best in one of our recent episodes, dude, where it's like, we never got to look up.
0: No. Yeah, we always saw it from, you know, Top whatever. Down.
1: Whatever, yeah, fixed perspective, you know? And now here we are, like you said. And now we're gazing up on it, and now it feels more real, right? Yeah, and you like can. We used to have to imagine what it lo- felt like living under a plate. You know, we take for granted we could go outside every day and see the beautiful blue sky. Yeah. But we had to just imagine what it was like to live under the plate. But now we got to see what yeah, that and... kind of life would look like.
0: Yeah, and you can see, you know, and you, I like, you could look around and you could see like the wreckage of uh, Sector Six. You know, like and like half the plate is missing and. You know, you see, you know, it, it is that to me is like such a good like, oh, shit, <laughs> like kind of like sort of like puts that thing like when you sort of, you know, like like when you're flying in an airplane and you're and you look down at the, at the ground and you're like, man, everything seems so small, like I seem so mm-hmm. insignificant down there. You know what I mean? And that definitely I feel like accomplishes that same sort of setting of scale almost, you know, where it's
1: almost oh, like, definitely it grants you perspective and you know how wonderful that we wake up and we come down the stairs and we're treated to the delightful angel that is the landlady marl um i I love Uh, her but i i love her i i tease because like she gives Cloud such a hard time and i I like that
0: i that's i love i love her character because she's a very like i i could see past all your bullshit
1: (laughs) And she's she's like the protective grandmother or mother type that Tifa needs, you yeah. know. But I also like further implication that there's something going on between Cloud and Tifa. Is mm-hmm. that morning she says to you, like, "But you know, if you ever need an ear to bend, I'll lend you mine. Can be about anything, even Tifa, you know." Yeah. Well, just you know, kind of shining a light on the past a little bit without giving you too much, but you know, yeah, cause moving it, you, on from you go gotta
0: ahead. you gotta think of how like does. Has Tifa ever brought up Cloud to Marl before, or like does well? Maybe she maybe never named him, but like I wonder if she's told Marl of all the stuff that happened I feel in like, Nibelheim
1: I feel like she knows some, maybe mm-hmm. not all, but some, because she does call Tifa the granddaughter she never had, and she yeah. is Tifa's landlady, like their next door neighbors. You know, they probably have. I feel like it's implied they have a pretty close relationship. I mean, if you remember, Marl plays an essential part not only in evacuating Sector Seven. But, but in, rebuilding like, organization of cleaning it back up. Yeah. You know, she's obviously a pillar in the community.
0: Another one of my favorite moments is that Tifa is explaining to Cloud, like, Oh, you know, we need to go do change out these filters, uh, you know, and do this. And as she's explaining what they have to do, Cloud is just sitting there with his head on his uh, his head on his hand, just groaning and being like, Ugh Just <laughs> Oh God, just oh fuck, come on, just shut up and Let's just do it. Exactly, and very much like a like he, you know, it's like oh, I don't have time for this kind of. Like he's
1: like he's above that line of work, it's, right? It's good because it, it the little bit of entitlement shows. You know, Cloud isn't the most lovable hero, and that's okay. He'll get there, mm-hmm. but you know, you kind of see the little brat in him, to to put it bluntly. Yeah, um, yeah. But I love. I just want to say I love this tidbit that they sell water filters for money cuz let's just be real 7th heaven's not paying the bills nobody's ever fucking in there no. um <laughs> it's an avalanche hideout yeah. um so 7th heaven doesn't bring in the bills so how do these fuckers make money oh they're selling the water filters baby let's go yeah it's like and then oh everyone needs these so you know corner the market let's yeah. go um so i did love that little detail and that Barrett's out on his rounds you know it's it, it makes Sector 7 feel like a community, and it makes mm-hmm. 7th Heaven feel like the pillar holding like, that community. Yeah, like
0: the, the hub almost, yeah.
1: They're the reason they get clean drinking water. You know, that's the place where people probably go to unwind. Mm-hmm. And it's That's the, you know, the secret base of the group trying to liberate the slums. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, they painted 7th Heaven as like a pillar of the community, and I, I couldn't love that any more than I do
0: yeah and 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 also fitting that that is when you are sort of you are introduced to uh you know like the item shop guy and all these other side characters betty and uh you 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 don't you don't meet him right away but you see chadley which i love i love the first time you see chadley because everyone everyone in the slums kind of dresses you know kind of regularly and sort of like in with like earthy tones and like kind of drab colors and then fucking chadley sitting out there with his like his his sailor uniform on
1: and his monocle
0: and he's just standing out like a sore thumb and like chadley chadley ends up being you know another one of those side characters that i want to know what his deal is
1: because i mean to the to his credit we do get to know a handy amount about chadley not not enough yeah i mean like we we, do get a nice like yeah we
0: understand like what he is and like what he's doing but like he's just so he is such a weirdo that like you know, and there, there's a scene later on that in Wall Market, uh, which is my favorite scene with him. Uh, after the the cross-dressing scene, and you go, you can talk to him after you uh, get the dress on, and the the interaction that you have with him is one of my f- favorite moments with him. Um, I,
1: co- I completely missed that. I have to go back and do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's so good. Um, but yeah, and yeah, you get met, uh, you meet up with everybody, and then uh, you you link up again with Biggs and Wedge and that's when you get introduced to the uh the SP the upgrade weapon upgrade uh system yes. and all that stuff
1: which uh, i loved they kept it simple i'm glad mm-hmm. i'm i'm glad that they left left the creative input to the materia and not to the actual leveling up of your weapon yes um, and
0: I, I like that you know the way that they did it uh, where you unlock the ability that that weapon has and then you can just use it whatever weapon you, on whatever weapon you want is so yes. much better. So yes. much better than having it locked to that weapon. You know what I mean?
1: I 100% agree. And it gave you an incentive to at least try every single weapon. Mm-hmm. And what that did for me is I ended up probably sticking to weapons that I otherwise wouldn't have stuck to.
0: Exactly. Or, you know, in, in most cases, I feel like most people you know it was for at least for me it was like i kind of whatever new weapon came i would do the, use that weapon until something better came along until the hard edge until you got the hard edge then the hard edge was like my main driver for like most of the rest of the game uh because it does yeah, the no, most I, damage i was
1: a, I was a big hard edge guy
0: and uh Which if sounds i
1: sounds so dirty <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big hard edge guy yeah. you know
0: uh and then and then also um yeah that happens and then uh that's After that, that's when you start doing your mercenary work, and then you can play as Tifa. I want to
1: pause you, and I want your opinion on this. I don't know. Uh, That's what I'm going to say. I don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering. So when we did our episode talking about the ending, Mm -hmm. obviously this was a game and an ending that if you went into this as a purist, you're just not going to like it. If you went into mm-hmm. this and you wanted it to be exactly like if the original, you, yeah. you weren't going to be happy. The game made that pretty clear the second they showed you Sephiroth in the slums. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, not in the slums, but in Sector 8. Uh, in
0: Sector 8. Yeah.
1: In sector eight. Um, but there's a line where Biggs is like, yo, man, let me see your weapon. Let me work with it. And Cloud's a little hesitant. And he goes, come on, it's, what are you it's a It's fine purist? the way it is. Yeah, and he's like, exactly. Cloud's like, it's fine the way it is. And he's like, come on, what are you, a purist? Let me upgrade the. Let me upgrade the damn thing. I, w- I
0: wouldn't pass up a chance to upgrade my gear. <laughs>
1: Exa- exactly. So I almost wonder if that's maybe I'm looking too much into it. If that was just kind of Square Enix talking for a minute, uh, like, like, don't be such a purist. Let's upgrade the game. No, you know? I,
0: I think, I think that would. I, you might be reading into it a little too much. I, th- but, I think
1: I am too. I think I am too. But it, it's, it was a funny exchange of dialogue.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that, I think that was more of like, you know. Because cloud and again, like cloud at this point is still very much like a set in his ways, like you know, very closed off kind of guy, and 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 Biggs is just being like, hey man, I just want to help you out. <laughs> that's it. That's, <laughs> hey, dude, I just, I'm, I'm literally
1: trying to give you a better I'm, weapon, I'm, dude. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make up. things
0: easier for you. Is all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you know that was a great moment, and then yeah, getting to fight as Tifa for the first time. Uh, it was a blast It was great and everything about that and then you, you do and this is sort of our first example of um the environment changing as you play the game or not changing but like the 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 NPCs
1: is you know, responding to your behavior not yes. just like in that moment that you're on screen with them but in how many side quests have you done how many people have you helped you know, well, even
0: in just like, cause if you walk around Sector 7 before that, uh, you know, people are kind of like, oh, is this the guy that Wedge was talking about? Like, oh, what's, what's this guy? What's this guy's deal? And then you start, you know, you start taking out all the monsters in that, in that, uh, caged off area. And then they're like, oh, hey, you're that guy that took out all those monsters. And they're like, you know, they start real, like, recognizing you. And the more stuff you do, they, they comment on, like, oh, you, you did, uh, you did this, you did that. And, uh, I well, like I like that.
1: This is I agree with you so much, and this is something I loved not only so much about this game, but about this chapter in particular. Is, you know, you get the feeling that Avalanche is more. They're more than just this eco terrorist group. And when I say Avalanche, yeah. I mean this particular cell. This Avalanche. They're not just a cell of Avalanche. They're literally the glue that's holding this community. I together. mean, they're the it, biggest names in the community. They're the ones who are providing. And it's like now the cloud has like sort of joined their team. It's like, oh, look, now we have a police force.
0: Yeah. And it's like because, yeah, it it, it is implied. I don't know if it's the case or not, but is it definitely implied that they uh, avalanche set up the neighborhood watch? And like, because, you know, when you're um,
1: um, talking about Biggs Biggs, and Wedge,
0: yeah. And they're like, hey, yeah, we started, you know, we started, you know, we're teaching the. The locals had to fend for themselves and, and this and That's that. They're, you know? like,
1: they're leaders in the community, and, and I yeah. love that. Because it's like, look, we have a cloud who really needs to change. The yeah. cloud who we meet at the beginning of the game is fucking doomed if he stays the way he is. Mm-hmm. He's fucking doomed. Um, for a guy like him to change, he needs to be around people like this. Yeah. And you it's know, a, pe- the, the, These selfless the, people who are trying to lead their communities, make sacrifices in their lives to benefit others.
0: Right. The absolute perfect people for him to be around in order to become a better person or, or kind of realize, I mean, cause I think, you know, obviously we know, you know, we kind of know who cloud is as a character, but I think at least in this game, it is definitely showing you more like, Hey, he's like, he's a good hearted person just by, by nature, but he sort of stuff that part of him away yes. in, order, in order to become this, you know, serious, badass, you know, mercenary type guy. That is
1: a very good point.
0: And I feel like this entire game is sort of like sort of peeling off the layers and sort of getting to the heart of who Cloud actually is. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, he's actually is someone who cares about people and he will, you know, protect them and and, and look out for them. And I like I like how it is. I mean, it's a little bit strong in the beginning, obviously, because you kind of have to set that precedent a little bit. To be mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the, he's a hard ass. Yeah, we get it, um, but you know, it makes it a little bit more satisfying towards you know when you get towards the end where you realize that oh no, he's actually you know he he cares about people other than himself, you know.
1: Yeah, at least by nature, like you were saying. Um, but speaking of Cloud, where I feel like we're getting close to a point that um, dives into his character quite a lot. Um, yes, correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like shortly after this, I mean, we we have the missions where you meet up with Weimer, um, and you see Cloud kind of do his job as the I yeah. don't want to say the bodyguard, but he's the muscle. Yeah, you know, he's I, I think I, the weapons around. the weapons shop guy was giving them a hard time, and Cloud was like, "Hey, pretty please," and he kind of <laughs> gave in. So Cloud, you know, kind of fulfills that role a little bit further. Yeah, and
0: I I because uh, yeah, I like um because you kind of have to after that happens um. You sort of have to start proving to other people that you're capable of doing like odd jobs and stuff. So you know you go and you do you take care of monsters in these different parts, and then you do stuff for Chadley, and then you do um uh that uh, that girl uh, Betty uh her she's like missing her cats, and another again another one of my favorite lines uh, when you find the first cat in like this sort of like middle area of town where a bunch of all these cats are hanging out, and uh, Cloud goes over to it. And then the, cloud, uh, the cat runs away, and he's like, uh, "Cloud goes, this sucks." Or just like <laughs> this, like, like, just like the delivery of that line of like, oh, fuck, I, I, I can't believe I'm chasing after cats." Well, I
1: mean, right as now. a player, you're feeling that too, right? I mean, look, Final Fantasy VII <laughs> has a lot of great and fulfilling fucking side quests. Finding the yeah. cats is not one of them. Obviously, no. <laughs> that side quest is just a way to introduce the player to other parts of the map. They take you around the yeah. map by making you mm. look for those cats. So obviously yeah. the function was there. Yeah. Um, I personally want, what I loved about that mission was just the introduction of the character Betty. And I like that because now like Marlene has a little network, you know, Marlene yeah. has a friend, you know, she's not like the one kid in the fucking neighborhood. There's yeah. Betty.
0: Yeah. And she, yeah, she's the only other named kid that you see in sector seven. You do come across other named kids later on, but, um,
1: but yeah, she's the other, like the other named one. But yeah, who's someone we, we you, you get, could,
0: you can imagine her being, the, or them being friends. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Um. But speaking of other characters we were introduced to, we were obviously introduced to the the best character in the game by far and away, Johnny. Good old Johnny. Um, we get to meet Good old Johnny. Y-
0: Yuri um, Lowenthal himself.
1: Exactly. Um. <laughs> and we we see we meet Johnny, and we you know everything about him pretty quickly. He's he's just in trouble, man. Yeah, that's all there is to Johnny. He gets himself into trouble.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he, yeah, he's constantly. Uh, if he, if he, if it was a uh, Saturday morning cartoon, he would always be the character that you would need to save because he always got kidnapped.
1: Exactly. So that <laughs> you know, that's, just like a Saturday morning cartoon, that's what Cloud and Tifa are here doing. Uh, they follow Johnny um, as he's running off. The Shinra soldiers catch him. Uh, they start interrogating him about his ID.
0: Oh, um, I, by the way, go ahead. Um, because. You know, when you're when you're walking back to the center of town and you're seeing people sort of congregating outside of his house, um, or I think or it might be right before you go to like intercept them, um, and you're talking to one of the uh locals and they're like, Oh, you know, they they had reports of that oh he stole some Shinra equipment or something
1: and yes, they used a Shinra warehouse.
0: Yeah, and I always wondered because in the next chapter you find out that Jesse her her Per, the person that she got her explosives from for the last bombing run, it, it, like, something happened to that connection. And I always wondered if Johnny was that connection. You know what I mean? That's, like if, he, That's like if a he, good point. He got the explosives for the first reactor, and then Shinra well, found I mean, out about actually,
1: it just to combat that a second there was a shinra um the shinra guard when johnny kind of gives that up when they're interrogating him yeah he goes no dumbass, your id would never get you into that place to begin with it's
0: like oh right okay yeah um so he might have just maybe someone else did something and he was the fall guy or something maybe something like that and then
1: that's when that's when cloud kind of passes the final judgment on him and we'll get to that uh very soon but you know they kind of realize shit he's a talker he doesn't mm-hmm. keep his mouth shut. He knows and, some very private information that shouldn't get out. The Shimmer yeah. soldiers are right there. He,
0: he literally almost says says the word avalanche, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as the Shinra's beating the shit out of him.
1: That's the thing. Johnny's the worst. He's a great character. I don't yeah. want to see more of him, but he's the worst. But that's he's his a fucking
0: He's a goof. Yeah, he's he's he plays his position very well, and uh, yeah. So you beat you beat up the the Shimmer guards. And Cloud's first instinct, when that's done, is to kill him.
1: <laughs> yeah, straight and he, up slice like, him, baby. He's
0: like he's a talker, and and uh, you know Tifa, you know, has um, my favorite one of my favorite lines from Tifa: uh, "Cloud, you're scaring me." Or actually, yes. no, I think
1: I think okay, because no, I think that comes a little after that moment. Yes, but...
0: he, yeah, he's about to he's about to kill uh, kill him, and then you know Tifa's like, "No, maybe we should just let him go," and then. You know he, you know he has this whole thing with Johnny like, oh, if you, you know if you want to live, you get the hell out of here. I don't want to see you again. Get out of town. And then yeah, and as that's he
1: goes to Walmart.
0: <laughs> yeah, as they're about to leave, that's when Tifa's like, Cloud, you're scaring me. And the delivery of that line, and the fact that it's like, all that happens, Tifa says that, and then you're just back into the game. Like Cloud doesn't even say anything back. He just. He There's puts nothing a, he,
1: to say. You're, he puts, you're a scary motherfucker right now. Yeah, like,
0: he he puts his sword back on his back, and then you're just back into it, and then... Uh, well, then. I like
1: this because, again, we have a lot... I feel like so much importance is being placed on the Mako and the Genova cells as mm-hmm. sort of, like, the control in all these things. It's right. like when Cloud's eyes scared Marlene. What was it? It was the Mako in his eyes. Yep. You know? There's something that's pushing Cloud a little bit further than he otherwise would go. That's scaring not only Marlene, but here we have it here. It's scaring Tifa as well, you know, yeah, which it, shows us, him. hey, this isn't who Cloud's always been. If this is scaring Tifa, then this is not who Cloud has been. So what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I again, I love that because it also leads me to believe Tifa saying that so early loud. La- Tifa saying that so early on, saying, Cloud, you're scaring me. Mm -hmm. We don't have to get into it, obviously, because we've got to keep this into Chapter 3. But it really makes me wonder, how far is Cloud going to go in some of the later end of the game? You know? Right. Mm -hmm. It it, it really... My stomach sank when Tifa said it, because I was like, oh. Like,
0: oh, shit. They're
1: they're zeroing in on this, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're kind of,
0: you know, sort of eluding... You know, like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is, you know, like, and, you know, you would think, you know, as someone who doesn't, you know, kind of like an outsider in the, looking in on the situation, you're like, I mean, it would make sense that you'd want to kill him. But then, you know, Tifa, someone who knows who Cloud is, is like, no, we don't do that.
1: Yeah. And, and then there's <laughs> like, a, there's even a scene like a little bit after that where Tifa does stop to try and talk to him a little more about like, hey, what's going on with you? And Cloud just kind of puts his hand on his hip and is just like, ah, uh, you know, Mako stuff. injections, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, stuff, so, really just people. Stuff. So like, it's the Mako. And yeah. then, you know, Tifa, because she doesn't, you know, want her world shattered, just goes, oh, yeah, I suppose it's your eyes. You know,
0: yeah. they did
1: used to be less. Ag- I think she says aggressive. I don't know what she says. No, but-
0: I don't think she says anything. She, I think she just says they used to be less. And then, and then she's like, cuts, oh, right. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you know, we should just head back. Exactly. You know? it's like
1: She does. It's like, that's what makes Tifa so interesting. Right. It's like, she wants to go there, but then even when they do start to go there, she just bails. It's like, she yeah, doesn't she, want to go there. Yeah.
0: She's like, cause she knows I, And I think that is because she knows that if she digs in, uh, it could like trigger too, some shit too deep. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's not going to turn out well for either of them. You know, it's going to, it's going to mean you know, upset him. It's going to upset her, you know, it's going to bring back some bad memories that they have. So it's like, you know, and and especially, you know, if you have... Because, you know, they haven't seen each other in a while. You know, whether it be yeah. five years or whatever period of time. um, You know, and it's it seems like, oh, maybe it's a little too much. You know, but even... But she is curious because she does say to Cloud, hey, we need to talk, you know, just the two of well, us later yeah, about well, dude, that's what the thing. you've been so doing much, this whole time.
1: Then this is something they did so well, is so much of her character is just conflicted. Mm-hmm. She's just... Tifa's just constantly being pulled in two different directions this whole time. Like later in the chapter, before the mission, she's doing shots. You know, she's saying, "Cloud, I feel trapped. You know, I, I want to make a difference, but, but not like this." But yeah, she and, ends up. And go
0: Kind of, you see. Uh, I mean, before because you you do that, and then you go, you end up going back to Seventh Heaven, and you know that that's when uh everyone in Avalanche goes down. Which I'm kinda I'm kinda sad that we didn't go down into the little bunker,
1: like the little base I am, area. I am too, but just to interrupt for a quick second. Yeah. Here's one of the reasons I at least was able to get that to work for me. Because mm. I was heartbroken that we didn't get to go down there. But what that made what that did, it made me feel like cloud. I felt left out. Yes. If, I felt it like form that divide. Me, yeah, you were keeping me away from something that I I belong down there. So it's like mm-hmm. when when again when they like later on kind of do a cheers to avalanche and say like, Hey, yeah, you know, we're going to, which keep is this like between us. The,
0: the saddest fucking scene ever is like, yeah, it's like cloud, is an us cloud thing. sitting, cloud sitting at the bar by himself while everyone else is, you know, saying cheers avalanche and, you know, talking and bullshitting and having, having a good time. And then you as the player, like your only option is to literally just get up and walk out as everyone's having well, a good time. Dude,
1: I was, I did, you know what I did that was even worse what i walked up to all of them and talked to them
0: yeah and they're all like "Yeah, yeah we'll and talk all later.
1: of them were just like yeah man but you know yeah, you whatever. really gonna get going
0: yeah like uh i all think i them. think yeah i think wedge was like oh i would love to share this with you but uh you know whatever can't really do that
1: and you know, know this is what i like about this we brought this up in our first episode where you know in the original when you go down into the bunker and if you talk to wedge he's like you know cloud I really think you just want friends. That's what all of this is. Yeah. You just you seem don't, lonely he, and you just want friends. And I he, like that instead of them telling us that about cloud, they not only they show it, it to us, <laughs> they did it to us. Yeah. They're like straight I up. Like I wanted so badly to stay in that bar and drink with them.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then, yeah, you just get like that. Oh, moment. Like, Oh, come on. Yeah. And then, you know, clouds kind of, you know, over it. And then, uh, yeah, you go outside and then you see uh, a group of dudes who end up, you find out later on, are are working for Don Corneo, but they're looking for Barrett, And, uh, you know, Cloud sort of leads them on and is like, oh, I might know who you're talking about. Let's go over to this combat area and let me talk to you real quick. Uh, <laughs>
1: Which, by the way, that's another thing I love. So he's left out from the gang, right? And then what does yeah. Cloud do? He looks out for them.
0: Yeah, and 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 honestly, and and you know, they I feel like they're sort of pushing the idea of like, well, he has no reason to uh, to protect them because they they don't want him to be a part of the thing, so he has no ties to them other than Tifa, of course. But like, you know, like he 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 has no horse in this race, kind of a thing.
1: And I thought right? that I thought that's why I thought it was a good choice that they were looking for Barrett because like Barrett was a guy where maybe you were thinking Cloud could eh, take it or leave it. You know, if the guy said, oh, they're looking for Tifa, it's no question that Cloud would lead them to that area and kick their ass. But they right. asked about Barrett, somebody who right now Cloud could take or leave. But yeah. it kind of alludes to, you know, maybe Cloud fucks with Barrett a little bit. Maybe there's something about yeah. Barrett he or likes.
0: I, I I, sort of interpreted it as, you know, he was thinking about Tifa and thinking about Jesse and, you know, cause Tifa and Jesse are the two, I mean, you know, uh, uh Biggs and Wedge like are like kind of friendly to him, but he has more of more talks with Tifa and Jesse and they are sort of more proactive in like being like, Hey, like, you know, we did what we could, but you know, you know, and then obviously you get a little bit extra from Jesse being like, Hey, there's a thing I want to talk to you about later. So,
1: yeah. So this know. is the end of the chapter, right? So I suppose we yes. could kind of get to that. Um, it really is. It's just something that leads us into the next chapter with Jesse basically asking for Cloud's help separately from Avalanche. You know, it's not yeah, an Avalanche mission. Something,
0: yeah, something that, and something that, you know, is connected to the next job, but not, di- you know, directly, but not directly in the same way, um, And which is a, a section that was obviously not in the original game. Um, but I think we'll we'll probably save that. Particular thing for for when we get to that chapter, but
1: when we get the chapter um, four, which will we, be a this, blast to talk about.
0: Yes, and then uh, so yeah, that happens. You know, you beat up the dudes, and then Cloud is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go to bed. Guess I'll go home now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, then you see Jesse there waiting for you, and uh, has a, you have a scene with her where she, uh, um, where initially that the this is the initial scene that really won me over to her. When she's like pretending, she's like, oh, honey, you're home. You know, <laughs> kind of, and you know, very like, oh, like I was waiting for you, blah, blah. blah. And then she, you know, she does her psych. Would you have ever
1: guessed, would you have ever guessed that Jesse Raspberry would take over the internet the way she did with this game? Would you have ever guessed that people would have given this much of a shit about one of the Avalanche members? Like, could you have ever guessed (laughs) there'd be an explosion of fan art about one of the freak? Uh, Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have until
0: I played the demo. (laughs) Because in, like in. In the demo, that's when you really get, like, she's very much like the, uh, you know, like, they all kind of, like, quip at you and, like, say things to you, but she's, you know, she is kind of like a standout in in, in the, uh, like, the uh, the bombing run and stuff when, you know, she's very much like, a, oh, hey, you know, you know, this guy, oh, you know, she's very, she's being very flirtatious and, you know, very uh, coy and stuff well, like that. Well, you gotta that.
1: think about it, you gotta think that, like, Cloud Strife was almost like this legend to her, because, you know, Tifa probably talked about him. And then when he was finally going to be on the mission, she's like, Oh, we my friend Cloud is coming. He was soldier first class. Oh, Jesse, let me tell you, he's a good looking guy. You know, yeah. that's the first thing Jesse notices about him, which is a nice little dialogue her and Biggs have in the first chapter.
0: Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, Biggs is like, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, I guess I'm not some people or, yeah, or people Like,
1: looks are what people notice first. And then Biggs, like, guess I'm not most people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, then you have um yeah, that scene happens, which I love that I love that moment and Jesse's, I like her psych thing, but she does it again later on after the next mission that is much better.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> which we we will get into, but uh yeah, so that happens and then she gives you um your your first summoning materia, which I I I, I love that Jesse just happens to have all this material on her at all times that she just has like, <laughs> yeah. You take this healing materia here, take this Ifrit materia uh, you know, take, uh, you know, she just has materia at all times. Like, here you go.
1: Maybe there's something we don't know about Jesse raspberry.
0: Maybe, maybe there is. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean that then, uh, yeah, the, the chapter kind of ends
1: at that wraps up there. And, uh, chapter four is going to actually be based a lot. We're going to talk a lot about avalanche. It's a lot of what that chapter deals with. Yeah, Um, very much. We'll get introduced uh, to Roach, but you know, as far as chapter three goes, um, it was real, like, like I, you said, like where it. chapter two kind of set up, set the foundation for the story. Chapter three set the foundation for the gameplay, and that's not to say there weren't plenty of story beats. There's tons of story beats yeah, and tons yeah. of like, character moments. Yeah, I mean, you we you get introduced get that. to we get introduced to Tifa and Marlene for Christ's sake. You know, there's yeah. plenty. There's plenty of story to go with, but primarily it was there to show introduce to you what the game was going to be. Yeah, about. That's the
0: sort of the sort of the the game flow and like. You're gonna be in a hub area and you do side quests and you have these little sort of instanced areas where you do fighting and And here's your boy you
1: Chadley. Yeah,
0: there's Chadley in you know doing his uh doing his thing. Use the, the materia. goddamn
1: assess materia. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I you know, and that's something I always did that, uh in in previous <laughs> uh Final Fantasy games, and I like how they sort of uh they incentivize you to do it more. Incredibly in this one. and I love it. Yeah, and I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was when I was playing through it the the first time. I uh, there were moments in the later part of the game where I was like, man, I really wish I bought a second
1: fucking assess materia. <laughs> me too, because then you feel Cause... like you need you you feel like you only have so much ATB to spare. Right, and which I mean, is why I I always my solution to that was always give some give whoever has the first strike materia, give them yes. the assess materia, and
0: that's it was always Cloud. A uh, Cloud for me was like, oh, just give him. Give him first strike, give him the assess, and there are some sections of the game where you're not playing as Cloud. And it's like, fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, someone brought up a good point that, like, something that would be nice for the next game is, like, maybe it costs one ATB, but can we, like, switch materia in and out? It's like, charge us an ATB. Charge us two ATBs.
0: So have it kind of be like, um, like Final Fantasy 10-ish, where it's like everyone kind of has the same access to the same abilities to a certain extent. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I could I could see that working, you know, and that maybe uh, it depends if they well, want to.
1: Maybe this will help. Think about what it was like to switch between Personas in Persona 5, right? How it was pretty seamless. But right. imagine it just cost you an ATB. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. It's and, like, or... you know, there's something on the interface that lets you open the materia menu. And you can use your ATB, like one ATB to remove a materia, one ATB to punch one in.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down with that.
1: Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. But before we start branching off and spiraling down all the (laughs) things we could talk about in Final Fantasy VII, uh, I feel like this would be a good time to close it out. We covered all of Chapter 3. Everyone who's been listening, you know, thank you so much. Really. Um, We're glad you're enjoying the show, that you enjoy hearing what we have to say uh we hope you love this game as much as we do and it's a pleasure talking to you guys yeah thank you guys so much we'll see you all next time take care